0: Hello, you're listening to The Christian Working Woman with Mary Lohman, and I'm Julie Bastide, your host. The purpose of this ministry is to broadcast the good news that as Christ followers, we can be ambassadors for Christ in our working worlds. So Mary, your title for today's message is an interesting one. You Are the One Jesus Loves. I'm just wondering how you chose that title. Well, it actually comes from
1: the Gospel of John, Mm. and it has become a theme for me mentally, a truth to continually rehearse in my mind and in my heart that I
0: am the one Jesus loves, like John said. You know, we've sung it since we were kids, Jesus loves me, this I know. So it's a familiar theme for many of us, but I guess what you're saying is we take it for granted or, or we just really don't grasp the enormity of the truth that we are the one Jesus loves. I think that's it, Julie. Just so amazing that we are the one
1: Jesus loves. So this week and next, I want to take this simple truth and drive it home so that we can live in the reality that we really are the one personally that Jesus loves. Sounds really interesting and helpful, so we're ready to listen. No theme has been more used and abused than the theme of love. Since the beginning of time, songs and poems have been written about love, movies and plays and novels by the millions have focused on this love theme. Obviously, love is very important to all of us. We all need and want to be loved. But have you ever thought about why we need love so much? Here are a few of the reasons that we long for love. Because knowing we are loved gives us comfort Knowing we are loved gives us confidence. Knowing we are loved helps us get past our insecurities. Being loved gives us emotional strength It helps us prevail in hard times. Being loved inspires and motivates us and it makes us joyful and happy. Thankfully, love can come to us from many different sources from parents, siblings, mates, children, friends, so that even if we're missing love in one area, we can find it in another. It also comes in many different forms. In his book on love languages, Gary Chapman lists the five love languages as gifts, quality time, words of affirmation, acts of service, and physical touch. You can probably quickly identify which one of these five languages speaks love to you, or maybe you're thinking (laughs) you need all five. There's no question that we need love, and lots of it throughout all our lives, in all stages of our lives, from lots of people in our lives. That's the way God created us. The Bible tells us that God is love. Love is his character, his being, his very personality. Love is the essence of the triune God, Father, Son, and Spirit. They are love, and they love each other. So since we are created in God's image, it shouldn't be surprising to discover that we are love-hungry creatures. And the God who is love, the only true God, loves us. And that's the great message of the Christian faith. We are all loved by God. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. And in 1 John 4.10, we read, In this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the propitiation for our sins. As Julie said, we've sung it since we were children. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. We sing it, and yet how well do we know it? Are you living in the freedom of this wonderful truth? You know, it's sad that far too many of us have sung the song, Jesus loves me, this I know, but haven't yet lived in the joy of that truth. I mean, when we really get it, that we're the one Jesus loves, that has to have life-changing effects for us. That truth should dig us right out of self-pity and give us the comfort and joy and completeness that we so need. It should supply for us all those love needs we have. Because if Jesus loves us and we know it, we really know it, then it just fills up all those missing pieces that so often have caused us to do lots of crazy and harmful things as we looked for love in the wrong places. So what's keeping us from really enjoying and living in the truth that Jesus loves us? Well, one reason could be that God's love seems impersonal to you. I mean, if God loves everybody, what's so special about the fact that God loves me? After all, God loves everybody. Love is transforming in our lives when we know that the one who loves us is worthy, and we believe that love is directed to us individually. For example, I am very secure that my mother and father loved me. I was so blessed to be raised in a home where that love was rock solid, and never once did I ever doubt for a minute that my parents loved me. But if I told you that I know they loved me because they loved everybody, that would not describe their love for me. They loved me because I was their daughter. I had a special relationship with them because I was born into the family. They loved other people, true, but they loved me special. So when we say that Jesus loves us and God loves us, we have to understand that while it's true God loves everybody, He loves us individually and uniquely. We're not just part of some cosmic, impersonal love blanket that God spreads over all his creation. No, we're known by God and loved by him personally. Now, obviously, if we were talking about earthly love, we would definitely question any one person's ability or sincerity to say they loved everyone that would hold very little meaning for us. For example, if the President of the United States were to declare that he loved all Americans, we might think that was nice and appreciate the sentiment, but it would have no real impact in our lives because we don't know the President personally, and he doesn't know us either. So that kind of blanket love would have little, if any, meaning for us. So it's not enough for us to know that God loves the world. We have to know that God loves us individually, distinctively, uniquely. I just want you to know that God is love, and he is so totally all about love that he loves you with a portion of his love that's meant for you alone. His love is so big, so deep, so beyond our earthly understanding of love, that he can give you all the love you need and it's just for you, and yet there's plenty more where that came from. God's love is personal. He knows your name. He knows you better than you know yourself. He never loses track of you. He never forgets about you. He never gives up on you. From Isaiah 49, we read, Can a mother forget the infant at her breast, walk away from the baby she bore? But even if mothers forget, I'd never forget you, never, says the Lord. Look, I've written your names on the backs of my hands. (laughs) There's no other love like God's love, and you can take it to the bank. He never leaves you or forsakes you, and nothing can separate you from his love. I mentioned at the beginning that my theme, you are the one Jesus loves, comes from the Gospel of John. That's because five times in his Gospel, the Apostle John refers to himself as the disciple whom Jesus loved. For example, in John 20, verse 2, he tells about what happened on Resurrection morning. "'So she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, and said to them, "'They've taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him.'" Now, if you didn't know better, you might think that John had an ego problem. Did he think Jesus loved him only and not the other disciples? Well, of course not. John knew for certain that Jesus loved them all. Note what he said about Martha, Mary, and Lazarus. Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus, we read in John 11. And when Jesus wept at the tomb where Lazarus was temporarily buried, the Jews said, see how he loved him? And after all, he wrote John 3.16, God so loved the world. John knew full well that the love of God was the same for everyone, but he still referred to himself five times in writing that he was the apostle Jesus loved. Why? None of the other gospel writers used that terminology about themselves, so why does John call himself the one Jesus loved? Well, it's because his identity was found in the knowledge that Jesus loved him individually, distinctively. That was how John saw himself, his grounded identity. I am the one Jesus loves. That was who he said he was. I am the one Jesus loves. That was his passport, his calling card, his access to the Father. I am the one Jesus loves. John had this incredible freedom to say that. He was not embarrassed or shy about saying it. He was so secure in the knowledge that Jesus loved him that this was the driving force of his life. This was the anchor that kept him steadfast and strong. This was the identity that gave him security and hope. He was the one Jesus loved. Now, It's a mystery to us how God can know each of us and love each of us uniquely. Certainly, no person could ever make such a claim. But it is truth, and it is truth that can set us free as we find our identity as the one Jesus loves. Now, keep in mind, God is love, so he's capable of loving in ways we cannot even fathom. He loves eternally, and so because he is love, he loves us individually, and he wants us to know that love, to live in the truth of that love. When I was teaching the Book of John in my Sunday school class years ago, we recognized this propensity John had to call himself the one Jesus loved. And we talked about that. And that became our mantra, if you wish. And we would open every class by saying, Sisters in Christ, who are you? And they would repeat, and still do with great joy, I am the one Jesus loves. And that's why I challenge you to say it every day. I want to talk about this more next week, but here's my challenge for you this week. Every morning when you first wake up, let your first thought and your first words be this, I am the one Jesus loves. Look in the mirror as you first get up and and tell yourself this truth. I am the one Jesus loves. Start your day with this thought instead of starting your day with some kind of negative thought. Then throughout your day, whether things are going good or things are tough, repeat it to yourself. Try to do it at least 10 times each day. I am the one Jesus loves. Live in this truth this week like you've never done before. Drive out wrong thoughts with this thought. I am the one Jesus loves. If someone upsets you or disrespects you or overlooks you, don't dwell on those things. Instead, just keep repeating, but I am the one Jesus loves. <laughs> I promise you, it's going to make a huge difference in your week because it is truth and it is truth that can set you free, free from worry and stress and free from yourself to keep telling yourself all week long, I am the one Jesus loves.
0: I am the one Jesus loves. It's so simple, Mary, but I see what you mean. If we live it and not just say it or sing it, it changes how we see ourselves. We'll be looking forward to hearing the completion of this message next week. And I encourage you to remember to repeat to yourself all week long, I am the one Jesus loves. We chose Grounded Identity as the theme for our upcoming weekend getaway in Itasca, Illinois, just outside of Chicago. It's April 14th through 15th. Please visit our website for more information. We'd love to connect with you there. You'll find it on christianworkingwoman.org. Well, thank you for listening today. I know you'll want to listen again next week when Mary completes this message, You Are the One Jesus Loves. I'm Julie Bastide saying so long for today for Mary Loman and The Christian Working Woman.